0: Welcome back. Here is part two of my personal story. That's why when um, when people are so attention-seeking with their looks on wherever, Instagram, whatever, in the I don't, you know, I get it because I was one of those people. So it's like, you'll take it how you can get it, you know? And at that point, I was so low. So I just, I pushed on from, like, I really pushed myself, like, in, uh, partying every, I mean, anybody that was around me back then will remember um, I still didn't really, I wouldn't go out if I had my son. He was with his dad every, we were week on, week off at that mm-hmm. point. So um, we had gone from every other weekend to, after Jasmine was born, shortly after that, we were doing week on, week off, 50-50. So, but when he was gone those weeks, I I mean.
1: You took a lot of girl trips. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, girls, yeah, mm-hmm. man. For, so it was like November till uh, 2010 to, I remember in June of 2011 saying, or May or June, going, I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I th- right. I think I got it all out of me, because I never really had. If you think about, it, I never really had a, I never had those years. Not that I really needed them, but I don't know. There was this like, uh, it was like temporary insanity or something. I don't. Well, you came so fast that.
1: because you got married so young. Yeah. You so young.
0: Yeah. But it was just it felt looking. You know, looking. I. You can judge it all day. Not long looking back at it. I'm sure everybody does that in some way with their life. And I look at it going. You know my baby was at home my husband and my husband was so supportive at that time like I don't even know how but um he I think he recognized because he had like a fraternity like very active social life Mm -hmm. up until his mid-20s when he met me at 20 he was 25 and you know he had tons of girlfriends and tons of relationships and tons of partying and tons he got it all out of his system and when he met me he was like ready to settle down I had never done that and not that I ever felt like I needed it but Mm -hmm. it was like I got a little bit of a taste of it and I was like this feels good. I like this. Like and I, it's fun. You're having fun. yeah. And I was getting a payoff clearly. Cause I wouldn't keep doing it if I wasn't. So, go. um, so in June I was, I finally like my body was like, you're done. And I even mentally, I was like, I'm done, you know? So, right. yeah.
1: And so, so, you know, your health, did, did, you know, continue to decline and you know, what that looked like for you. I mean, you had mentioned to me too, at one point you were bound in a wheelchair for a while.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah so the end of the second half of 2011 was i was going like swiftly downhill again and um in two thousand all of 2012 i was pretty much in a wheelchair or like leaving 2011 i might have been um and it was like i could be like at home i could you know walk because i wouldn't go very far you know distances but um if I left the house, I had to be in a wheelchair because my legs would, all, would always buckle. And um, I couldn't drive myself had very often. Cognitive
1: issues, memory issues.
0: Cognitive issues, mm-hmm. memory issues. My, my grip on the steering wheel, that was, like, would touch and go. Like, I couldn't drive myself very often. Um, so that's when I realized that, like, we're, like, I like I have to take this seriously. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a joke. So um, I was in and out of so anytime we left the house pretty much in 2012 I was in a wheelchair and then halfway through 2013 maybe a little maybe it was two years total um and my cognitive so around that time not only was there weakness and nerve pain I my cognitive started going in and out where I'd have memory issues like I'd forget things like you know my phone number my address my pin number for my debit card my um I'd be I'd forget where things were in the kitchen like I'd go to like maybe like get um a bowl or plate and I couldn't remember where they were kept in my kitchen stuff like that like really bizarre things like you I just forget you know um that's scary very scary and then like cognitively like I had a hard time talking Mm -hmm. and writing and word find and so it made me very insecure because um I I didn't ever want to leave my house a because of the wheelchair but b even if I did leave and people oh how are you doing and it's like I didn't always feel like I had the capacity to articulate how I was doing, and so mentally, I was like, in like I I felt like I would lived in a prison in my mind. Like I could think, like uh, my feelings and my thoughts. Like I knew, I was aware of how I felt, and was aware that like you're not, you can't speak. Like it's almost like I was trapped in a mind and a body, but I couldn't express it. It was very bizarre. It's a very, it's like being in a prison. And so um, I didn't feel comfortable at all. I, I just wanted to be left alone. I truly wanted to be left alone. I um I didn't think any of my peer group would know how to respond to that. Right. And that's nothing against them. It's just that I wouldn't know how. How could how would I mean, who knows how? Like so I um ele- elegantly like removed myself from just uh, a lot of of things Um, extracted myself I think the term is elegantly extracted myself Um, and I didn't want you know people would want to you know come over and support you know sit with me or whatever and I didn't didn't return phone calls I didn't um, text people back I didn't want them to come to my house I didn't want people to see me that way because you gotta think in my mind I'm this other person the part, you know, going out, you know, producing fashion shows, this worker we and. And that's how they knew you then. Yeah. You know? And so imagine like introducing mm-hmm. them to this new, very fragile, broken person. Like, and I didn't even know me. How how could they know me? Right. How, how would they. You, res- how can you
1: explain this?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. how? Yeah. And, and so, and I think a lot of people think, you know, been that time, they thought it was against them. It really wasn't. It was like, I didn't even know me. So I didn't know how to even like move comfortably in my own environment and in the environment my head environment and you know physically um, so it was very rare that I would see people and um,
1: so it really impacted your social life family life
0: Um, (coughs) Mark and I got closer like he, he was really he he is it's very special like i was meant to meet him you know it, um i say this all the time and i'm not and i'm not like i've been with man for 20 years and i he, I have put him through so much you know with everything with my illness and everything he's never compl- he, he's never uttered a single complaint mm-hmm. he's never complained and um it's a big deal that to everybody it's a big deal to me that he's stuck with stuck with me. But um it's not to him, you know? It's not to him. And so mm-hmm. I don't know why it's not. Um it would be to me if I had to take care of somebody, you know, cuz I mean, we were we're talking like to the point where I was wondering at, at, there was a period of time where I was wondering like am I ever, am I going to be able to is there going to be a time where I'm going to need him to like help me go to the bathroom, like, you right. know, do all the things in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to lose that? I w- luckily I had one hand that was better than the other, so I was able to maneuver just fine in the restroom. But, um, but he had to get me on it, like on and off the toilet. Like there was like, there was a level of participation in my caregiving that you don't ever want your husband to have to be a part of, and um, he just was very like this very steady, calm strong force that never felt bothered by it It never made me feel bad you know because i'd always apologize like Mm -hmm. you know you you didn't sign up for this and stuff like that and i think i think he did a good job telling you know making me understand why um it wasn't a big deal to him he's the kind of person that you know first of all he's got he's got a really high tolerance for discomfort you know he's he's in a very high stress career in he, it's like nothing to him you know so his tolerance for things for for feeling inconvenience is high already and um i think you know he has told me over the years he's like the diff- the reason why it's not hard he goes because you've never like okay so a lot of people for example i mean i know a lot of people in the chronic illness community and you know i've interacted with a lot of people and mm-hmm. When you're sick, like it is very easy to get pissed off at the world, everybody around you and, and just have anger outbursts. And I just was not really prone to anger. I was more prone to, you know, maybe crying, being emotional, like I am now. Yeah. Um, And I never took it. I just, for whatever reason, never felt the need to take it out on him or take it out on anybody. And for, you know, I actually felt the need to continuously show gratitude for him because for me that's all I had Mm -hmm. at that point I'd lost everything I mean I'd lost everything and um I had my husband I had my kids and I was just so grateful for them because like they were my world they were the reason you know they were the reason for everything so um I was just always talking about it and I think the fact that I was always talking about it because I genuinely felt that way I think that that helped him because I think when someone knows that they're Your reason, they're your person, and like it just for him, it was almost like I was pouring into him without even really realizing it. Mm -hmm. And so that's maybe why. And he he did a good job of explaining that to me. Like you don't you make this very easy for me. You know you're not a hard person to take care of. So Mm -hmm. so it you know our our family got closer. We we actually went through that was that was sort of around the you know the end of the recession. And so financially we were not doing well at all. We ended up selling our, um, two story or the home we bought after we got married. And, um, we, and we ended up downsizing into a much smaller home. Well, first of all, I couldn't do the stairs. That was one reason. But secondly, we couldn't afford it. So, um,
1: because at this time you were kind of like looking into what type of treatment options were available yeah we were yes and then you found that treatment center in reno
0: yeah so we were very broke because you know the recession and everything and i i'm not bringing in income and he was having to take care of me so much that he was losing money you know because also to imagine like we have jasmine who's like two three four you know Mm -hmm. around there and um so he's taking her to like showings listing appointments and like just basically going in there saying i'm really sorry i have a sick wife at home and she can't doesn't have the capacity to take care of our daughter would you mind if i bring her and they we got lucky i mean the clients would be like oh my gosh you know what a wonderful husband you are like he he (laughs) wound up like working his favor (laughs) for some reason so um and she was cute and that helped um you know their little curls but um so I was introduced to the cons- to, to to the idea that this, what I, what I was going through, because mind you, you know, as I'm going downhill, everything that worked for me in the past stopped working. So mm-hmm. I was not responding to All steroids. The All the None of it was mm-hmm. working anymore, which... Um, so I was like at this standstill, like, oh my gosh, well, what am I going to do now? Like the Copaxone for the MS that we thought I had was not working. Nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And we would try upping things. We would, like, I was taking very high doses of steroids in was not working in fact like I was still sleeping just fine like people would be wired af if they took the amount that I was taking and I was like no I don't feel a difference and so um (laughs) I got introduced to the idea that a lot of well a lot of people that have MS actually have Lyme disease and so I was sent by um a close family friend of mine I was sent the um the movie um, under under our skin, which is about Lyme disease, it's like a documentary, mm-hmm. and um, she told me that she you know she had Lyme disease and that you know told me about this clinic in Reno, and so I was like, I, I'll i do anything. And that's like the desperation, like you'll do anything. And so. So now you're um, looking
1: like a, a more holistic approach. Whole, because yeah, because n- all the treatments weren't working. All the
0: pharmacies, nothing worked, right. nothing. So I make, I call up, I make a consultation appointment. It's like $500 for the consultation, plus it's in Reno in the snow, so you have to stay overnight. You have to stay overnight because the next day you go in to get your lab results, you do your labs. It's like overnight labs. Mm-hmm. So it's a $500 consultation. And um, then you got to pay for obviously your hotel stay and gas and all that. So we had zero money, like none. Like we were taking in coins to the CoinStar and like cashing those. And that's how we got our chains for driving the snow. Mm-hmm. So um, and this was uh, two thousand end of December of 2012. And um, so I called my dad and I asked him, you know, can you pay for the Can you give us $700? It would be enough for the consultation and for the um, hotel and and gas and everything and so he did and you know i I said it's a loan i'll pay you back and you know we did and all that but that's the only way we would have there's no we had no credit our credit cards are maxed (laughs) out i think we were filing bankruptcy so um so we went and um they they you they do this um test it's called a dark field microscope exam where they put blood under a mic they took take blood and they put it on this little slide under a microscope and it comes up on this big screen and you can see what's going on with your blood. And my blood was just infested with this spirochete bacteria that is Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, your Lyme test hasn't come back yet, but clearly, I mean, it was disgusting. And, um, they're like, this is what normal, they were showing pictures, this is what normal cells look like. Like, This is yours. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, they, they told me what treatment there would look like. Basically it would be, um, Usually about it's they said usually about six weeks, you know, on average. And um, and then they gave me the cost, which is like minimum of twenty thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, geez, oh, pay for that this. sounds great, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. And they're like, well, some people fundraise. And so my husband was like, w- let's try that. So we went home and then um, we immediately got like a GoFundMe going and um, we were able to raise from. So that was late December. From January to June, I entered treatment in July. So January, I guess January to July, we raised a third of the cost. We raised over $7,000, like $7,500, um, to at least get me started. Like, mm-hmm. we just knew that, okay, we can go on $7,500. let us just see what happens. Like, we'll right. just start. And my dad's friend had a condo in Reno, like down the street from the clinic, just this is very coincidental. And I always mm-hmm. say like, it's God, like some like the moon moonlight with the stars the and life. everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he was staying with his girlfriend at the time and his condo wasn't being used. He's paying, you know, still paying. He's like, well, she can stay. My dad asked, he's like, if you're not using your condo, can Kim stay there? Mm-hmm. And with, and so, so I stayed there free. <laughs> so um, that lowered the cost a bit because normally it would be closer to like 25,000, you know, and up. And then Becca, who was my initial caregiver, who worked with me at the um, leasing office, she had she had um, in the interim had moved to Idaho and then got laid off at a job. Mm-hmm. They were downsizing. She got laid off, so she was coming back to Sacramento, and um, she offered to go with me and stay with me the whole time, mm-hmm. which is she's like the exact caregiver you want if you're going because there's no because Mark, Jasmine's at home, right. so is Jordan. Jordan work and he has to work. Jasmine's full time at that. She's still little and jordan's in school and he could have stayed with his dad but uh, so but with the work mark's work and with jasmine mark there's it was impossible for him to stay there with me for six weeks and i you have to have a caregiver like this kind of therapy you absolutely have to and so um so she went with me and um i'm telling you like everything aligned so perfectly between her and the condo and raising the money and when i was gone it's this weird thing that happened business picked up mark was able to turn it around Mm-hmm. um my family kicked in with helping watch Jasmine um not that they had it before but it was like everything was sort of there was like this momentum that we were gaining and things were just sort of working in our favor and we were able to pay the remaining money and wow. and fund the rest of it ourselves and so um it was about 21 twenty two thousand dollars for the treatment and I left feeling um and I have a whole video of this on YouTube and I left feeling a good. better because I went in pretty much in a wheel I I wasn't I don't think I wheeled in a wheelchair I I had I had a um a limp so I had like um did I have a walker no I didn't have no I just had the limp and um I'm trying to think because I have pictures (laughs) and I'm like thinking back to the pictures (laughs) I took so I'm by the time I left after six weeks no limp felt a hard 50% better and then um it was sort of like the situation of like how it was explained to me at the clinic was what's driven you here is you have zero like you have zero your body's not strong enough to fight this this well, that's why you know so um you're if you go you're gonna have to protect your stress levels when you go back because that's what's gotten you to, to this level that's what's gotten you here and so i immediately think like oh my gosh okay i'm going back to money situation ha- not being able to take care of my home kids and I'm like oh I'm going I'm going back to stress not anything unusual that it, it, the average mother doesn't deal with but when right. you're sick it feels everything feels heightened and it and it's hard on you hard on your body so um so I was talking to Mark on the phone and he was like I wonder if Becca would would move in with us and she's not working mm-hmm. if we paid her like a little bit of money and he's like let's just try it if she's willing let's just try it yeah, and so lose. she yeah like we you know right now we can afford it and it was like literally week by week we were just sort of playing everything by ear but business was picking up like this was the rebound Mm -hmm. after the recession so we moved her into our guest well he moved his office into the front of our like in our dining room she moved into the guest room and she lived with us for two years and I the amount of recovery I was able to do between the clinic and her living with me and literally do taking away every 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 th- single thing that you could imagine that you would stress about um between her and mark it was off my plate and all i had to focus on was my healing right. so um wonderful. yeah so she ended up um she ended up sh- she was getting i mean she was at the point where she needs medical insurance she needs retirement so i just we were talking about that and i was like it's time i i need to learn how to, i need to take this over you know you can pass it it's okay pass the baton back <laughs> to me i can I'll do it so she left you know we're so close friends today And, um, and miraculously when she left, I started on my, what the treatment regimen I'm still on a variation of it that I've been on since she left. And I was responding to this treatment, like the treatment I didn't formally respond to. So that's Mm -hmm. how I was able to take over and continue. And then I just really eliminated, I was really careful about my time and my stress. And, and so, yeah.
1: So, and, you know, there's some other steps you took to continue, you know, on your health journey. So some of that you'd mentioned you had gained, you know, some weight, yep. you were at 170 pounds Yeah. and you knew you needed to lose some weight. So what did you do? What other steps did you take to kind of get your health even more? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So I was like a hundred, I'm like normally in 140, 145, that would be like, be like my average. And I had gone up to 170, I'm 5'10". Um, so I, I carry it somewhat well when I'm, when I'm heavier, but you know, you don't feel your best, obviously when, when, and I was so sedentary, mm-hmm. um, when she was doing everything for me and she would cook, I mean, like I before was too tired to even worry about eating, but, like when I was on my own. So she was feeding me like three square meals a day, you know, like <laughs> we were, I was eating and so, and I was sedentary, so I put on weight. And so when she left you know, by the time she left, I was 170 and I just said, I've, I've got to figure this out. So I ended up one of the last pieces before I ended up embarking on the weight loss journey was I, I had been diagnosed with um, um, SIBO, small in- intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I went to open medicine, which is um, they're affiliated with Stanford who I'd also been referred to and um, a do- I was seeing a doctor there and they. I got treated for SIBO and that treatment, I'm saying that like, I felt like, there, whatever last piece of the puzzle was left that like the medication really wasn't covering for me um, in terms of alleviating symptoms, mm-hmm. that treatment for that SIBO, like I felt like I got a raise, like a raise in energy, like how you get a raise at work. Like, but for me, it was like, I got a strength raise. So I immediately was like, okay, I think I could actually work out. I think I could actually like take on some of some of these, like take on the responsibility of losing weight like everything that that would entail so um Lupe who's my trainer even still her husband and Mark are colleagues and so I was introduced to her and um then you know I started working out with her and she gave me a macro food plan which is you know protein carbs fat like this is your ratio stick within your ratio and so I started to do that and I was losing weight and I was Like if macros are very are very cool because you can pretty much eat whatever you want as long as it fits your macros. Like there's actually a website called If It Fits Your Macros, so it was the easiest way I've ever lost. Um, And it was really more about the food than it was the working out. The working out is what got me my strength back, but the food is what actually helped me lose my weight because I was eating differently. So a few months in, you know, I'd lost about half the weight, and um, well, no, I'd lost like all of the almost all of the weight that I wanted to lose, but then she had been a competitor like a fitness competitor and um i just was like i wonder if i could do something like that because i'm so goal oriented and you got to understand like at this point i had not done jack shit in like so long and so i'm just like i just need something like something to something to shoot for something to reach for it could have been anything like this was just the thing that was in front of me like did
1: she kind of push you towards that no she didn't push me she was just
0: like sure we could do it (laughs) like no I was just was asking like I mean I first of all I don't enjoy work I mean I've worked out for so long that now it doesn't occur to me to not enjoy it so it's fine but I did not enjoy working out this was not fun for me um I'm not some but I just this is I, it could not be I'm not an athlete so anyway I was like oh that would be cool to have like something like a competition to like shoot for she's like sure why not like she introduced me to this coach and then before I know it, I'm training for oh, a fitness company bikini <laughs> fitness competition and um and it's like intense like it is the most intense thing i've ever done in my entire entire life i mean we're talking about as far as like um it, it's it's no joke like i don't know if anybody is familiar with bodybuilding and stuff like that and clearly like i'm not dedica- a bodybuilder it's like
1: dedication it's very like yeah. you take
0: your food everywhere you go you weigh you measure you this it's very this amount of water very- this really, really nuts. And, um, so I ended up, you know, a lot of people don't make it to, to the stage. A lot of people quit along the way. I I was told. So I was, I was, I was just proud that I made it to the stage. I didn't expect to win. I, of course I didn't win, but, um, I lost all of my weight. I had like 7% body fat. I was like ripped, you know, mostly just because I didn't have any fat on my body. Not because I had a, a ton of muscle. I mean, I had muscle, but, um, but anyway and that kind of set me up a little bit for a little bit a little bit of disordered eating um only because i didn't wasn't really sure how to eat after that like i i am right, um, you're
1: so strict with everything yeah so like
0: sure to- i there was this emphasis on reverse dieting which mm-hmm. thank god there was because you could your hunger hormones are so so faint or excuse me your hunger hormones are crazy and your fullness hormones there's like leptin and ghrelin, those are the two hormones. And the one that registers when you're full is very faint when you're when you're that low in body fat. And the one that registers your hunger is very loud. And so they're all out of whack. And so um I mean I could eat and eat and eat and and never like until I I was literally sweating and sick. (laughs) Yeah. And so they they set up the reverse dieting for a reason so you don't, you know, basically kill yourself with eat yourself to death so I did that and um, reverse dieted successfully and got myself up to like a healthy body weight or healthy body fat so it was like went from like 7 to whatever it was at the time 12, 15 Um, gained like 10 pounds back which was help I needed to and so um, but even after that like I didn't want to give up the macro count because I so at that point it was like oh my gosh like if I eat off plan I'm going to gain it all back like Mm -hmm. it doesn't first of all it doesn't work that way and it took me a long time to realize that Um, but there was some disorder, like I had to make a decision at one point, like, you know, if you're going down, if you continue to go down this path, you're, you're headed like, you're like barreling toward an eating disorder right now. Like that's sure in the future for you, if you don't. And, um, and it was like more of a thinking thing. Like, I just didn't know how to think about, like, I didn't know. And so, and a lot of it was, I'd worked so hard. I'd worked so hard for this physique. I can't bear the thought of like losing control. Like I had so much control over this and I can't bear the thought of giving up this control over it. And oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if? So I just had to trust. I, I just said, and then, and then it's the question of I look the best I've ever looked in my entire life. Like I have never looked better, even when I was a teenager, but I am so miserable <laughs> Like to be, to look that good and feel that unhappy to be that miserable and hungry and, like it was just so this weird, like mismatch, like I wish I felt as good on the inside as I do on the outside. So I had to sl- really just slowly let go of the macro counting and start um, trusting myself around food and eating intuitively. And, um, and that was the whole thing was a process. I mean, it was really a, a process. So in, I just, you know, I know a lot of people listening will probably be, had been in that community. I know a lot of friends are, um, have been in, are in, and it is, unless you're in it, it's one of those things that's very hard to explain. I was never a foodie never until I, until I competed. (laughs) It's weird. Very weird. But, um, so yeah, so I lost the weight and then, um, and then I, um, I will say that one of the things that I walked away from with was my confidence levels was, were just very, very high. Like I felt like I finally, I finally something. did something. Oh, man, I needed it so badly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it could have been anything. It, that was just the thing that was in front of me. Never, I will never do another one. But, oh, I felt so good. And so I was just eager to like, okay, what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
1: So, so, you know, things are going really well. And then, you know, once again, you encounter a setback with your health. Um, you know, how did that interfere with the progress you've been making up to that point? Um, so in 2018, you developed shingles.
0: Yeah. So I, um, I was really eager to parlay the fitness competition, like the fact that I had done that into like something, whether it's like, I don't know, I, uh, doing food plans for people because my, Lupe started asking me to, because I was so good at writing food plans. Mm-hmm. I started doing that for her clients or health coaching, or like, I was just looking for anything that I could like keep that momentum going and so i was like well i think i'm gonna start with a youtube channel and um and go from there that way i can sort of market myself which you know the videos are terrible but i mean my story is in there somewhere they're in there it's in there but they were not like well um made so um so anyway um i in the midst of me filming and publishing those i got shingles and it, it was like i never and then it was like this big step back and it was almost like I don't know i felt like god the universe whatever you want to call it was conspiring to like get me to slow down like i was just i don't know how to explain it i felt like a horse behind a gate that just was so just let me go like i have been held back for so long just let me at it let me at it and it was like every time i tried something i mean i was the fitness competition i did but Mm -hmm. anything after that i tried failed like i tried to start writing a, a book and then And then my cognitive issues started getting worse. This was around the shingles time. Like everything, everything I like touched was turning to crap. Like I could not get anything going. The health coaching thing was just a disaster. I did not feel, first of all, healthy. Like I felt like I have screwed up um, thinking when it comes to food. Like there was just I was still trying to figure my own stuff out. Um, And so I felt like, and then I started getting involved in some like nonprofit stuff, but that didn't. exactly feel right and um i just wanted anything but i think that um ultimately what i was meant to do was to um be still which was really hard and that's what the shingles kind of taught me i think
1: which yeah and i think you mentioned too that you weren't really focusing so much on your children and family because you're so focused on like I, i need to do something get back to where i was before so how did that change
0: um, I, I, I felt like a couple things. So one night, as I told you, I was like really frustrated getting ready for bed. And I like heard this voice that like wasn't my own, call it like the crazy voices in my head or call it something more important. Um, I believe it was something more important said, um, cause I remember my thought in my mind when I was getting ready for bed was oh my gosh, you've done so much. You look so good. You've come all this way. Like, wow, I look the best I've ever looked. And then I heard quickly through my head, um, now do the inside. Yeah. And so, and I like stopped dead in my tracks. Like, and that, what that voice was saying was, okay, you've transformed the outside. Now do the inside. Yeah. So I like, and that's what I had to do. So for the next five years, um, I just got very, very centered, um, with my own self-awareness, self-actualization, self, um,
1: and you had even started therapy, I believe.
0: Therapy in and out of, in it. Yeah, that was, and we, that was a story about that. You know, finding good therapists is not the easiest, which we know, um, little plug for Katira, uh, but so yeah like I was really like I I was trying to heal up anything that was unhealed on the inside to um offer more than my looks you know mm-hmm. so it's like I I had a confidence but my confidence was rooted in my appearance you know mm-hmm. it's like rooted in the fact that I transformed my I mean it was rooted in the fact that I worked hard sure right. but I never felt like I could bet on myself with my, my hard work because I had failed so many times so I started to get really still and realize like okay like I realized there was more to me you know what I mean like it sounds weird but it was like I felt like I really developed my um confidence in who I was as a person like I really liked me you know um and I loved my kids and I I love my husband and I love being home and I just really and, and what it taught me was um, how to be in like the moment and how to be very present and how to like just slow down and enjoy like the little things and you know and I've spoken about this before I slowed I slowed down so much that I never wanted to get going again after that like <laughs> it was really hard after that to like ever I was so happy just to like live day by day and just whatever whatever the day brings like a more simplistic life yeah just mm-hmm. whatever the day brings I'm, I'm fine I'm fine Every, you know so my kids were, you know, they've always been, I've always loved being a mom and I've, they've always been the most important aspect of my life, but I wasn't, I always felt like I needed something else to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And for for like five or so years, the last five or so, years, 5 I say five to seven years, I was, I've been completely full, like filled with just, you know my home life and um almost to the point where I never wanted to bring anything else and who needs a social life who needs a career who needs this I'm completely happy and content Mm -hmm. and um I think when Jordan you know graduated from high school and he moved um moved out that's the first time where it felt like I had all this space this like this gaping hole left Mm -hmm. that like I needed to put something in it and didn't know and that started to feel I started to feel a little imbalanced then but but um but yeah it was it was great it was great. I needed it, clearly.
1: And so, you know, so after, you know, the fitness competition, you know, and you getting back, like, with you're your, trying to look at the inside, like, repairing yourself from, you know, internally. Um, you, in 2021, you stopped taking all the pharmaceuticals that you had been taking that were helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in September of 2022, then you were introduced to a practitioner, and I think her name was Audrey. Yep. And... What happened
0: yeah. when you met her? So I, um, okay, so I, I was always worried that the, the the um, the regimen I'm on now, which is um, a cocktail of a couple medications would be taken away from me mm-hmm. because um, they're always trying to like try other things. Like, oh, what about this instead? What about that instead? And I'm oh. like, you don't understand, this is the only thing that works and so really there's no side effects. Right. Like, I don't know, like, I, I and I was around I I can't explain it but I like I was like I want to see what my what my um what my base line is like without okay. medication mm-hmm. so in 2021 I I got paired up with like this addiction specialist because one of my medications is a narcotic it's, it's tramadol it's low very low narcotic but um very low dosage 50 milligrams twice a day anybody wondering um and I was, they're always trying to replace it. Like, how about Adderall instead? I'm like, how is that any better? Like, (laughs) like tramadol, Adderall, like, what does it matter? So, um, anyway, so I got, I got paired up with this addiction specialist to like safely take me off of everything. And then I did stay off of it for a while, everything for a while, but my quality of life again, just like how it was back in the day when I tried holistic with no pharmaceuticals, Mm -hmm. it was like, I wanted so bad to be all natural but it was like quality of life or natural quality of life or natural like i tried it so long to just do natural and i still hope to get there someday Mm -hmm. like i really have not given up on that um it's just about finding the right i guess the right protocol but um but anyway so i got off of everything and then i got ended up getting back on it like within a year uh, six months to a year getting back on those medications and then um i was doing well I have been doing well physically for the most part I would say you know good days bad days more more good days than bad Mm -hmm. but um cognitively just um, still kind of a mess like I always felt like under the surface there was always like this need to cry and that's not from being sad it's from like it feels like there's pressure almost like 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 emotional like a release Like, like I need to like let some air out of the I don't know um and then like it's almost like how it feels like when you're really stressed or when you're having high anxiety but I don't really have high high I used to but I don't really have high high anxiety it's just it's a it's a heaviness like in my body and um and it affects my cognitive I can feel the link between the Mm -hmm. two and um because the more that the the more prevalent that feeling is the worse off my cognitive is so um I just simple things like I couldn't figure out stuff like and I feel so like a child you know like and it frustrating because I'm like why is this taking me so long why is this so hard it shouldn't be this hard I wish I'd come up with an example right now but I can't think of anything just little little things like even like answering an email or like Mm -hmm. making a phone call sometimes it be so hard because words wouldn't come or I'd get the words wrong or I would I couldn't figure out little everyday things and um or I wasn't dependable in that way. So okay. I met Audrey. You know, I needed to shore up. This, is, this weakness was just bugging me. And, and, and I met Audrey. And she's not a doctor. She's just a practitioner. Um, and a solo practitioner. And she contracts with some different companies and doctors and stuff. And she put me on this herbal regimen. And she said she did muscle testing, which is like um, applied kinesiology. Mm-hmm. And I tested positive for Lyme, like reactivation of my lime and also mold and um parasites and so she just wants she wanted me put me on this protocol and everything and i knew somebody that had done the protocol mm-hmm. and had success so and i had nothing else right. you know and so i said oh you know let's do it and i'm like i really don't think i have parasites because even my <laughs> the test that the results we're, we're not high but mm-hmm. it's and so she I didn't really want to bu- I don't want to buy the supplements like I didn't right. want to like spend because it's not cheap but she's like you do this and that so and I, this all I'm telling you guys this story for a reason so I was on the lime the parasite the molds it you know alternating and doing it from September of 2022 until May April, May of 2023 and it took that long for me to pass two foot long parasites. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I pulled out. This is, sounds really disgusting, but I promised my Instagram followers I would tell the story. Mm-hmm. In the shower, it was there, and I had to pull it out myself. out myself. It's like coming out of, on its own. And then one of them, you know, came out in the toilet. But foot long parasites. I have wow. never had a gastrointestinal issue. I have never had a symptom of parasites the only symptom I've ever had is um the cognitive stuff which Mm -hmm. is a symptom when I tell you that after passing those parasites I got my brain back and that that feeling of needing to cry disappeared it like lifted and it was just absolutely like it was like the last piece of the puzzle for the cognitive stuff um I still physically um require help uh but um I feel so sharp now like like mentally. And even when I'm not on my medication, I feel sharp, which says something. So, um, cause I had to go, as you know, like there was a misunderstanding with one of my refills recently and I had to go a couple of days without it. And I felt like crap physically, but mentally I still felt fine. So I really think that was the thing that was really bogging me down cognitively. Um, so
1: looking back, you're glad that you actually spent all the money advice, spent the money. That's and, the part
0: that sucks. Yeah. is like some of the stuff that really works, the herbals, it's not cheap, you know. Yeah, it's, it's like not. it's so expensive. Medical insurance doesn't cover it. Um, that's why it's it's really frustrating because people want to know, like, what worked for you? What did you take? And then you, not everybody. I there was a point I couldn't afford this stuff. Mm. You know, like I've been in those shoes, and it's it's really frustrating because what do you do then? Right. You know, what do you do? And so, yeah, um, I hate it. I it. it Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can hope for is to be able to get well enough to be able to, um, do something meaningful with the experience I've had that will help others in some way, shape or form. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of brought us to where we are now. And I, you know, that was in, so I entered the, um, I entered a, in January of 20 of this year, I, got it was actually New Year's Eve I was like getting I got in the shower and I was like putting on these new PJs these new New Year's PJs and we we're gonna watch a movie just at home and everything like curled up at home on the couch and watch a movie and I'm in the shower and I felt like this drop I've, I always say it this way this drop of inspiration like fell into my head like a raindrop and it was like in literally like two seconds it was start a podcast and like all the ideas for the podcast everybody who I'd want to have on who I'd want to do it with how I'd want to do it like everything just like dropped into my head at once out of nowhere. I was not thinking about it. Remember I was a homebody. I didn't want to do anything. I was happy as a clam at home with me and my daughter, my husband, my son had just moved back to Sacramento. He was, he's living in our, in our rental house. And, um, I was like, I love podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to them all day, every day. It's a big part of my, my life because everything I do, I've always have a podcast on. So I've always thought, how cool would it be to like sit around, and just talk to people like right. and hear their stories like that would be so fun what a great job and I would love to do that but okay what would I do it on like I'm not a professional I don't know anything like what would I talk about and um I got the idea for Humanity Unlocked like literally that night I didn't know that was gonna be the name but um so I go downstairs and I tell Mark you know what do you think about this like and he was like I think that's great I think you'd be great at it, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to make any plans to do it, but just knowing that it's out there, I'm just going to like file it away and then so you revisit any, it later. weren't putting any pressure on yourself. No, I didn't want to. Right. Believe me, I did not. I thought it sounded like a great idea, but mm-hmm. I was in no rush to like, I was very happy with my simple little life. When I tell you it was the happiest I'd been in a very long time living off the grid and uh, off the radar and... I mean I just what I just put this way when my phone dings and I get a text message I get annoyed like who's trying to get in touch with me like I do not want I don't want to be bothered
1: right (laughs)
0: like that's how how slow my life has slowed down to be so um don't take that personally anybody that's listening. I love you all. Um, it's just that like, that's how I am. Like, I just like, I just like to live every moment and not like to be, I don't want to be bothered with anything. So, um, except for, you know, my home and my family. So anyway, uh, but come January, I find out about this woman who's I follow her podcast. She's going to start, she's going to teach a course Mm -hmm. and I love this woman. I love our podcast and it's a reasonable price. So I was like, I think I should probably enter that course. And I don't really want to like this was not supposed to be a like a today thing and so I told Mark and he's like just do it like you just do it and so enter the course took the course and the whole time I'm going I hate this (laughs) like I don't this is a lot of pressure but I love the idea of what I'd be talking about and the people I'd be talking about to uh, to. and um, I just was like kicking and screaming but I felt like like this pressure calling? to do it. It was a calling. Yeah. Like I almost felt like the minute I was happy with my life, like everything had slowed down. I was feeling at peace. Like I felt like it was like, go time. Like, <laughs> all right, lace up your shoes. Now it's time. Now we're going to put you like, now we're giving you something to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now, nah. And I felt like being like, now I just got comfortable here. <laughs> Why now? <laughs> and so, um, it, it took a lot for me, to, a lot of like, I felt like it was this divine pressure of like get her moving like Mm -hmm. she's done like that door is closed and I just was very reluctant but reluctant but um but complied like I'm like I really think I think I would be good at this and I think I would enjoy this Mm -hmm. like it was the two things that I'd always had a hard time finding that that in a career things I'd be good at plus I would enjoy like I'm good at staging. I don't really like staging like it's okay it's okay but it's fine like I enjoy the end product but I don't love it you know like this is a different thing so um and a lot of that is just getting comfortable with being um because I was so living so off the radar and being back on the radar you know Mm -hmm. where people expect to hear podcasts every week right they expect social media updates and you're having to
1: reach out to people and
0: having to be social, which I right. would given up my social – all but pretty much given up my social life. It has nothing to do with anybody except for the fact – like I just did not – as bad as this sounds, it's like I couldn't be bothered. Right. I could not be bothered to like <laughs> move. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's so silly. Like not like literally, but like that's – I was just very just – my life had become so simple and I was just so very happy with it. Like just so very happy with it. And so, um, now I'm, I just had dinner with a friend, um, a couple nights ago and I just said, I have just made the decision. I'm just gonna say yes to everything because it's the only yeah. way, you know, I just have to push through this and like learn to like rediscover myself. Cause this was me. I mean, let's face it. This, this used to be who I was for like most of my life and I'm in there somewhere. So, um, so I've, I have been presented with many, many opportunities to meet new people. I've taken every one of them. I have um, met tons of, I've re, um, connected with tons of people. Mm-hmm. And I have so much interest in the podcast if, from people, which, you know, you don't know going in. If what it's pe- going to turn out to yeah, be. Yeah, you don't know people mm-hmm. are going to care or they're going to want to listen right. or they're going to want to be a guest. Yeah. So, um, So, yeah, I'm really, I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm finally like, I'm pretty healthy, although I'm supplemented with medication. I live a healthy lifestyle. I love my my family is is okay. still remains like my pride and joy and everything and number one. Um, and I would just love to be able to bring something to the table for once, you know, like I feel like I've been a taker, you know, for way too long and um, in every capacity, like I give a lot to my to my kids and stuff and my husband, well, probably give more to my husband but <laughs> but um I w- how great would it be to have like an income to contribute you know right. um and also be a role model because my daughter has grown up with a sick mom like her whole life mm-hmm. and um you know I don't want her to I don't know like I want her I want to be a good example for her I mean my my son is you know I don't know if it's because he's a boy or you know he's got two dads a stepdad and his dad everett who are great examples and so i didn't feel the pressure but with her i do you know not that she puts pressure on me but i i want her to know that um setbacks are just that they're just little setbacks like right. there's always you know
1: like things in life can be difficult but there's always a way to see the positive and push yeah forward.
0: yeah there's i mean it, it's never over like i always say like it's not and i still like i still live like um like I I live like this is like all of this um crap like this is all temporary like all of the stuff I'm going through like physical like my my condition all this stuff I've always thought of it as temporary this isn't who I am Mm -hmm. and um but for a while I was uh, I thought that this maybe this needs to be who I am in order to excuse the life that I have like maybe I need to integrate the fact that oh like it needs to be almost like hi, I'm Kim, the girl with Lyme disease, instead of like, right. just like, I don't know, like I needed something to legitimize me. Um, and then I realized, like I started to do that without even really realizing it, like using that as the reason why I wasn't doing something or was doing something or, or whatever. And I don't want Jasmine to see that. I want her to see that like, yes, I happen to have this stupid condition, right. like I, and I manage it, but that's not my identity. And I think I lived with that as my identity for a really long time and didn't even really realize it because I thought I needed it to legitimize the inaction in my life or like the...
1: Right. This is why I'm not doing certain things. Yeah. I have this, you know...
0: And I felt like nobody understood. And that's partly that's on me. Like part of, you know, I mean, I don't know, like a lot of, there was a lot of over explaining on like social media, but not a lot of like me sitting my friends down or family and just being like can i be real with you and a lot of that's just fear you know just right. like fear of vulnerability fear of rejection fear of them not knowing like i said in the intro not knowing how to handle it like yeah. what are they going to say is mm-hmm. it going to be awkward um the only reason i know how to talk to people that have gone through difficult times is because i've gone through right. you know and i've talked to myself and i just feel like it's a, um it's instinct i guess um and so but it, a lot of people have instincts I don't have. Like a lot of people, like my husband has many, like many instincts. I have zero instincts on, like directions for one. Um, so I have instincts with people. And um, I, the, my experiences have, have helped me even strength, strengthen those instincts. But we can't expect everybody to know how to handle those conversations. And for me, it was just felt very presumptuous to expect somebody to know how to handle my crap like if I confided in them so i did the you know the unhealthy thing i'm sure which is to just disappear you yes. know yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a proper way to um to move through that space where you just are not even you don't sure who you are and you don't know how to i mean how do you like i don't know i think my mind was so compromised that it sort of was limiting me in that capacity too I could now now I could easily but 10 years ago and I'm in this thing 16 years um although I think I'm like I I say I'm in it but I don't know I feel it's becoming less and less a part of me so that feels that feels good
1: Marianne, I think you had you had said something that struck me is like you know I realize I have too much to offer and that I want my life to mean something mm-hmm. you know and not just have this condition you've had for so many years to find who you are as a person because it yeah. Doesn't.
0: yeah 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 you know? it's it's so true and um I mean I hope that I will be known for something more than somebody who you know managed an, an illness like I want to be known for something more and I don't even need to be like crazy successful I mean it be I mean I'm not going to turn it away, but, um, Mm -hmm. that's really not the aim. The aim is just, I want to have some purpose and I want to be a good example. I want to have a reason to wake up, like a reason to, to move every day Mm -hmm. outside my, my normal environment and, um, my normal headspace. And, um, and I want to be a good example for my, for my kids. And I want to contribute to my home, to my husband, you know, like I, I want to be, I want to be a good counterpart. Like I'm great. We're a great team, but so much has rest on his shoulders for so long, and um, I'm sure I don't know if I'll ever make the kind of money he makes. Maybe, m- maybe not. Um, I mean, I don't want to limit myself, but um, I just want to know that I'm like doing something that where the option is there mm-hmm. that may you know. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm in a good place.
1: Good. Well, as we close, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you coming on your own podcast yes to share your own personal story with your listeners um you know just to give them an opportunity to get to know you and really understand like your purpose and starting this whole podcast yeah. um you know you've gone through some struggles but you're coming out on the other end yeah and, you know and everything's looking very positive
0: it is i think that um this is just the beginning i'm really trusting my intuition and where i'm guided i really feel like i'm being guided and i'm I'm excited and I'm excited that other people are excited. I love that you and I have been connected in this process. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, I hope that that people will will stick with us because we have a lot, a lot more coming. And so with that, you guys, I want to thank Katira for being <laughs> my host today for interviewing me. I think she did an amazing job. Good job, Katira. Thank you. Um, and I think too, you guys, um, we may be looking at doing more today i mean today we're doing we're filming on this on video um mostly because for marketing um you know i gotta again gotta like i have to get on you know get onto the radar or whatever um what do they say yeah get, the get word back out. on the <laughs> grid whatever it is um so you know we may be doing more the more videos So look for us on like you know youtube and stuff like that i'll be announcing that so we do have some really fun exciting things coming so i'm really excited so thanks guys for listening or watching whichever and thank you katira and we will see you guys back here next week bye
1: that's all for this episode of humanity unlocked do you have a personal story to share with us we're all ears visit humanityunlockedpodcast.com and send us an inquiry thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed this conversation please leave us a five-star
0: review and hit subscribe to hear weekly episodes of our show